0: Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is Congresswoman-elect Deborah Ross, who will represent the 2nd District of North Carolina when she begins her term of service in Washington. And actually, when when is that? January the what? (laughs)
1: January the 3rd is when we're sworn in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So uh, that's, what, three weeks away?
1: Not that far. Not that far.
0: Well, we, we said we were going to talk a little bit more about issues in this segment, uh, and uh, you've talked about the fact that you are looking forward to perhaps service on the Transportation Committee in, in North Carolina, and especially the 2nd District of North Carolina. Uh, certainly, we have our transportation problems. What, uh, what are you hoping to accomplish?
1: Well, that, that committee deals with transportation and infrastructure, so there are all sorts of things in addition to you know obviously surface transportation, airports, um, transit which um, we know Wake County passed the transit referendum in 2016 and is making its plans for bus rapid transit and increased bus service and maybe even commuter rail. But other kinds of infrastructure issues will come up. Uh, water resources, which are a huge issue in North Carolina. Um, again, particularly in the rural areas. But in some of the urban areas, we have aging water infrastructure that needs to be replaced. Uh, I'm all, you know, As I said before, because we're facing the coronavirus, that is job one. Uh, so we need to get that under control and get people's health care under control. Uh, We have seen that not enough people have good health care coverage. North Carolina has not expanded Medicaid. I want to make sure that we build on the Affordable Care Act, that we're able to be able to expand Medicaid and that that money will be there for us. Um, We need to make sure that everybody has access to affordable, accessible health care, reduce the cost of prescription drugs. I also am very interested in retirement security, and one of the things that has come out of this pandemic is um, a real emphasis on how people are losing some of their nest egg, and women in particular who aren't able to work or are working um, fewer hours are losing some of their retirement security, and we've got to make sure that we protect and preserve um, social security and Medicare. And then, of course, we have got to get people back to work and back to work in good paying jobs. Infrastructure helps with that. Those jobs can't be outsourced, um, and we desperately need to invest more resources in making sure that we are safe, we can get around, we have access to broadband, all of those things. And then, of course, the environment. Um, And we can upgrade our electric grid, um, hopefully have cleaner power, and um, move ourselves really into the 21st century of making sure that our environment is clean.
0: Well, you and... uh uh, Congressman David Price represent uh, the two districts that have the two primary beneficiaries of federal research dollars. And I'm not sure that people in North Carolina have ever really appreciated as much as they should uh, the impact of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, North Carolina State and Duke uh, University with regards to the huge amount of federal dollars that come into the state for research that will fall back on you and Congressman Price to be sure that that continues.
1: Well, he'll have a good partner in that. And my district has... A number of colleges and universities. I have two HBCUs, Shaw and St. Aug, and I am very focused on making sure that they succeed. I also have Campbell Law School in my district and Meredith College and William Peace University and, um, and Wake Tech. And I tell people everywhere, please, please um, remember that Wake Tech provides such a an impetus for our economy. We have more campuses popping up for Wake Tech. It educates um, so many of our people and it provides those crucial job skills, not just for the jobs of today, but the jobs of tomorrow.
0: When we were talking about uh, uh, some of your personal life, we didn't, I didn't ask, are you planning to move to Washington and visit back in North Carolina? Or are you planning to stay in North Carolina and visit Washington?
1: I'm planning to be in Washington when I've got to be there for Washington business and be in North Carolina the rest of the time. So, you know, clearly I'm going to have to have a place to stay in Washington that's comfortable. And I I do want my dog to be able to and my husband to come along. um, But I do not plan on um, being in Washington unnecessarily. How's that? Uh,
0: where uh, Have you set up an office in North Carolina yet, as far as how the public will get in touch with you when, they, when you are in the district?
1: We will have an announcement about that in a week or so. Um, we're negotiating our lease. Um, I do want to be very near the county office buildings and, and be in a central location that um, has access to transit. Um, as well as people who can drive. I think it's important since so many people who um, reach out about uh, veterans benefits, social security, things like that, um, that if, if you wanna get to us by transit that you can. And so um, you'll hear soon, you'll hear soon, but that's a priority.
0: I'm jumping back to something that you alluded to earlier and that is the, the role that the community college system plays in uh, the recovery process. Uh, and of course, dollars, uh, uh, we're just now finding out that the state may be in actually a little bit better shape uh, uh, with revenue than we had first thought. That's a good sign. But what, uh, what assistance do you think will come from the federal government with regards to uh, keeping the colleges and universities and the systems of higher education moving and growing?
1: Well, um, I hope that there's some short-term coronavirus relief for sure because our uh, colleges and universities have suffered mightily um, with remote learning and not being able to um, control necessarily even what the enrollment is going to be because so many uh, students have adjusted, either taken a gap year or taken a semester off, and there's been so much uncertainty for our colleges and universities. But going forward, we know that um, higher education, whether it's at the community college level or the four-year level, is really a key to economic success. We have seen that here in North Carolina. You talked about the research triangle and how it was formed, um, using the attractiveness of colleges and universities to um, get businesses, not just from around the country, but around the world to come here and, and really transform the North Carolina economy. So we have what we invest in our institutions of higher education from community college on up and what we invest in our students, no matter their age, will certainly be borne out in our economy. And I've always been a champion of education. um, And I'm also a champion of K through 12 public education. So um, this region will certainly have an extra person rallying um, for higher education and public education. Almost
0: everything we've talked about has been domestic. Uh, let's talk a little bit about foreign affairs because uh, your your basic background in service has been the six terms of service in North Carolina. Um, how, how will you bring yourself up to date on foreign affairs and how deeply involved do you plan to be in, uh, in uh, your work as a Congresswoman?
1: Well, um, I keep myself abreast of the news. I also have a uh, roundtable that has been advising me on military and foreign affairs throughout this campaign. Very, very distinguished um, constituents um, who have served abroad, have military backgrounds, um, and can give me a snapshot of what is going on. I also am part of the U S global leadership coalition. And so um, I get regular briefings from them on issues that deal with foreign aid and foreign affairs. I've even been to DC um, to advocate for the foreign aid budget because it is so important um, to our standing in the world. It's important to peace. It's important to uh, humanity and um, some of that money comes back to North Carolina. RTI, for example, does quite a lot on foreign aid. And so um, I know that that's not been my large area of expertise, but um, I'm a good student. I'm very curious, and I'm going to make sure that I'm abreast of foreign affairs.
0: Uh, Earlier, we also mentioned, and I'm skipping back now to domestic issue, the importance of broadband. Now, Uh, Your district is uh, pretty well served by broadband, but if we're not in touch with all of North Carolina, it hurts us all.
1: Oh, there's no question about it. And we've learned, as a matter of fact, we did a town hall during the uh, campaign on broadband um, because it's so crucial. You know, we knew it was crucial for business, um, but so many of our small towns do not have good access to broadband, and that makes it difficult for them to attract business. But since the pandemic, we've seen that without broadband, it's almost impossible for many of our children to get a good education. And with the advent of telehealth, which has exploded since um, the coronavirus, getting access to healthcare is becoming more and more dependent on having access to broadband. And so that's something that I'm very interested in. There are, again, in every county, pockets of poverty. There are people who cannot afford broadband. There are people who can't afford the devices that they need for school or for work. And um, really, this has become an essential service in this 21st century and something that uh, all of us should be concerned with, not just um, people in the rural areas.
0: Well, we're all in it together and the broadband uh, helps uh, both the uh, growing areas and uh and the areas that are uh, underserved as well. Well, our guest is uh, Congresswoman-elect Deborah Ross, who will represent North Carolina's 2nd District. We'll be back with one final segment of Carolina Newsmakers, and we'll do that right after these messages. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent
1: wildfires. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis.
0: Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is the Congresswoman-elect for the 2nd District of North Carolina, which is basically Wake County, uh, and that would be Congresswoman-elect Deborah Ross. And we have talked about all sorts of things. We even had one, final, one segment where we talked about uh, 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 her... Uh, Life in general, and talked about her special interests and how she got to, uh, to be in North Carolina and so forth. So it's been a delight to uh, uh, be uh, able to reacquaint the folks who are not as familiar with uh, Congressman Ross as uh, as you might uh, like to be, and that uh, I think served that purpose. Now, uh, January 3rd or January 4th, uh, that period of time, you will be setting up service in Washington. Uh, so what's uh, what's the first thing you're going to do? What's what's day one in, in Washington?
1: Well, on January 3rd at 8 a.m., I can pick up the keys to my office um, so you can tell your and pick up my voting card, because um, when you vote in Congress, it's different than the way you vote in the North Carolina legislature. In the North Carolina legislature, you push a button, um, but in Congress, you have a voting card and you put your card in and then you push the button. We learned that during orientation. Uh, so
0: that's a form of voter ID.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'll pick up, I'll pick those things up uh, early in the morning, be able to get into my office. Um, you know, we had to have a lottery for our offices that usually that's done in person, but it was had to be done um, online. Um, and that was done uh about 10 days ago, so I'll be in the Longworth building, which is the middle building, um, and I'm glad about that. My office will be easy to find. It's not up in one of those dark corners. Um, And then we get sworn in, and then we vote, obviously, on the rules of the House and electing um, our leadership, and um, then we're off and running um, and can start considering, introducing and considering legislation.
0: Now, of course, a very important part of your service will be your staff. Uh, tell us a little bit about the staff that you've selected.
1: Well, we're in the process of doing that right now. So um, I do, I have hired somebody in um, D.C. who is a seasoned um, chief of staff. He had started up a freshman office in the past, and um, but we are still interviewing for most of the other positions there. I wanted to get somebody who I felt would be a good fit for for this area, but also who could teach me the ropes because I've not been a DC insider. And um, there's a good advice um, a, to say that you need somebody who um, knows how things are done there when you're a freshman. But here in North Carolina, um, my campaign manager, Caroline Spencer, um, who is uh, originally from Wilson and um, knows the district well and knows a lot of the different um interest groups and has have very grassroots very um constituent oriented person will be um here in the district office and we're in the process of interviewing a lot of wonderful people from wake county um in that office and we're going to be very customer friendly um constituent services are really the most important thing that we can do for people, um, both Congressman Price and Congressman Holding, because I'm getting a little bit of each of their districts. um, They have both been very, very kind um, and um, made their staffs available for transition. And so, of course, we can't take over any of that until January, but we're already thinking about how we can serve the people of Wake County with the highest level of care and consideration and and be timely about that. And so Caroline is um, starting to interview people for those positions.
0: So uh, so, so part of your staff will be located in Raleigh and part in Washington. What what size is your total staff?
1: Well, the maximum number of staff you can have is 18. Um, And, you know, it takes a little while to hire those folks. You got to get the chiefs in, uh, in there first. Um, but we are going to be very focused on making sure we take care of our constituents. So um, there will be a nice size um, staff here in Wake County to be able to take care of people's needs. And we'll have a couple people who, you know, do outreach in the community, and hopefully those will be familiar faces.
0: So from a legislative point of view, what uh, do you think uh, will be the priorities of a the first 100 days, we talked briefly about that, but uh, let's review that again.
1: Well, um, certainly um, additional coronavirus relief, that would be um, relief to our small businesses, making sure that vaccines are distributed, making sure that we still do that testing and getting our schools and businesses open safely. But there are other bills that I know will be introduced right away. HR one, the For the People Act, which deals with election laws and campaign reform, and making sure that we have a much more accessible and um, and responsive government. Um, I'm interested in making sure our restaurants, um, many of whom are having a difficult time now, will have an even harder time over the um, over the winter, get the relief that they need. I'm also, as we talked about, very interested in making sure that we have infrastructure. And we're going to be dealing with um, expanding health care coverage and making sure that people can retire securely. and. A lot of those things haven't been front of mind as we've been talking about the coronavirus and talking about these vaccines, but those two things, making sure that people have the health care they need and that they can retire securely are absolutely priorities, not just for this district, but for this country. And um, we have seen the effects of the coronavirus and we're going to need to make them priorities very early on.
0: A lot is said about uh, party partisanship and uh, what do you see uh, as uh, a dream that we can become a little bit more civil in our uh, relationships between the parties and, uh, and, and perhaps get a little bit more accomplished by uh, uh, a sense of uh, working together more?
1: Well, I had a very good experience working across party lines when I was in the General Assembly. As a matter of fact, uh, former Representative Skip Stam and I had a radio show with you all for a little while, um, and we we did a lot of work together. We would disagree, of course, on you know some of the hot button issues, but I go into this with you know, I want to work with anyone and everyone who wants to take care of our people. And I'm going into this with an open mind. um, And I want to serve everyone in this district. This is not, uh, this should not be partisan when it comes to constituent service. Our doors are open to everyone. We will be out in the community, acting for everybody, listening to everybody and serving everybody.
0: Well, this is uh, something that has, uh, I guess, been uh, on, on more people's minds than one might think. And I think it's surfaced in the election because uh, we, of course, had uh, a, a number of Democrats and Republicans elected to North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina truly is a purple state.
1: And we need to work together for the good of the people of this state.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I find myself with a little bit of an awkward position because I don't have enough time to ask another question. But uh, So uh, I'd like to thank you very much, Congresswoman-elect Deborah Ross, who will represent North Carolina's 2nd District, for being with us. And uh, uh, perhaps we can uh, have the pleasure of having you on maybe around April or May after you've had some experience. And, and uh, then you can report on what's going on in Washington to the people of North Carolina. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he will have another interesting guest for us next week on the same group of stations all across North Carolina. If you'd like to hear a repeat of the broadcast, you can go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Till next week, have a nice week, everybody.
1: Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com.